Welcome back to the Make Account Podcast. I'm Marcus Muir, founder of Muir Group CPAs and the Total Control Accounting System. And I'm Tyler Warner, small business owner with a lot of accounting questions. All right, Tyler. Today we're uh, I think talking about a topic we've been it's kind of been brewing for us for a couple weeks. And uh, I think it's probably Quentin's idea, really. Yeah, shout out to Quentin. Shout out to Quentin, wherever he is. And, uh, and that's compensation methods, but specifically kind of creative compensation methods um, I want to say creative, we say non-taxable, right? So you want to pay your employees? Okay, back up. All right, let's do it. I don't always think creative, non-taxable. <laughs> like he's just, you know, yeah, when you're thinking creative, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. non-taxable. What, it's, do, what does that mean? They don't normally go together. So what I mean by, <laughs> <laughs> what I mean by that is, let's think, of, we're, we're, gonna, we're talking about ways to pay somebody, so you the business owner to pay an employee, or to give them something, a benefit, a fringe benefit, uh, that sort of thing. And it's deductible to your business, but not taxable to the employee. Right. So that's okay. what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense? That does make sense. That yeah. sounds very ideal, actually. <laughs> yeah, well, it's kind of cool because if you think about it, there are ways for you to get creative with paying people without tying it to salary, right? To give them... So certain people value things over salary more. Sure. And there's, there's, there's sa- the savings kind of compound, too, in the fact that if something is not a wage, so if I pay you $1,000, you pay income taxes on it, I deduct it. But you also have to pay Social Security and Medicare. You as the employee, it's deducted from your check. And me as the employer, I have to match your Social Security and Medicare. So if something gets outside of that, meaning if I convert something from compensation that is a wage to compensation that's a fringe benefit, I don't pay the payroll tax on it, and the payroll tax is not deducted from it for me, for you, and it's non-taxable to you. So it's kind of a win-win-win. Gotcha. So we're gonna go through a list, yeah, right? Yeah, just of a couple things that kind of fit that criteria. Yeah, things that I think every small business can do, um, or should at least be thinking about. Um, okay. So I got a couple just kind of when we say them, some of these might be um, might be new to people, and we'll get into that a little bit. But some of these will be kind of old, tried and true. Uh, so let's get the first one will be 401k matching contributions. So you have a 401k plan, and just to kind of back up, the, you know, bring it down a little bit, a 401k plan and being a retirement plan through the employer that employees can contribute to. So they can do it through their paycheck. Um, if you contribute through your paycheck, obviously that's a reduction of your taxable wages as an employee. But so we're not talking about that part. We're talking about the the component that is most 401k plans have a matching contribution. And it simply works like this. Most of them are around 3 to 4% matching. So if you make 100 grand, Tyler, assuming and we have a 3% match, mm-hmm. assuming you put away $3,000 of your salary, the company would match it and put $3,000 into that account for you. That that contribution would be deductible by the company but not taxable to you. Okay. So pretty straightforward. I mean, I think most people kind of get that. Sure, yeah. Yeah, if you've worked in any type of business that has a 401k or a simple or in name your retirement plan generally has some kind of matching component. Right. Um, but I just don't think people realize that, you know, that may be something to offer instead of an increased salary, maybe increase sure. your match, you know, because it's not taxable. So, yeah. All right. So that's kind of easy one. I want to start us off with a, um, a simple one. All right. Health, dental, vision insurance. Okay. Um, so this is obviously, you know, health insurance being a big topic with lots of people. And that's a, a, a place I see businesses really differentiate themselves in terms of building packages for employees that they, that they value. You know, a lot of times now, it's, again, I keep harping on this. It's not always about the salary. It's about these other things. And the health 
the health, I say health, dental, and vision, the health being the largest sure. component of that. Yeah, well, being I mean, a huge you'll, piece. you'll hear people keeping a job, like, you know, like you'll meet, like we have friends, it's like, oh, yeah, my wife has that job just for, for the health Absolutely. insurance for our family, you know, or, for sure. or vice versa. Yeah, for sure. And so obviously pretty simple. You have a, you have a group health insurance plan at your employer and the employer contributes some or all of that premium. I know here we pay, we pay all of the employee premium and then we pay some of the spouse and the children. And so the employee has to contribute, but that's not taxable to them. So it's a deductible to me or mirror group, uh, but not taxable to the employee. So nice, Really nice benefit, especially depending, you know, it, it, it hits people differently. Like you just said, I've heard that same thought. Like, man, I, you know, my wife has kept this job for years because it has this great health insurance package. Um, so it's just something to think about when you're thinking about how to compensate people, how to do it better, how to make your business a little more attractive. Um, consider those. And, and then it's a win-win in that deductible by you, not taxable to them. Yeah. Yeah. Are there like brackets? I know I've... Like if you've got a certain amount of employees or more that, uh, you know, it looks different or. No, I think the only only thing that gets, well, there's some rules around if you have to provide coverage kind of based on the Affordable Care Act that came out years ago. Sure. Um, but that's like 50. That's 50, yes. Yeah, right. I'm just a, thinking, you know, if you've got three employees versus if you have 13. The issue becomes, yeah, obviously the, the more people you have in a group, the easier it is to get a group. Because you have to have, and this is going to get kind of into health insurance talk, but going through it recently, I, I have some insight, which is a certain amount of people have to get into the plan for you to have a plan. I think for us, it's 75%. Um, so there's some things you have to meet from a uh, eligibility standpoint to even have a group plan. And gotcha. that's what we're talking about when we're talking about health insurance and dental and all that. Okay. Um, but pretty, I think I think everybody kind of gets those first two. Now, what <clears throat> I'm just trying to think back because we never, you know, we never had a health insurance group plan, but is there ways that you could just like cover your? Yeah, it's funny you said it because I've got that next on my list. I well, think beautiful segue. Then I think, <laughs> I think that's uh, I think that's what you're going for. Um, I think it's next on my list. Oh, I had health savings accounts. All right, let's let's table health savings accounts. Let's get into health reimbursement arrangements. So health reimbursement arrangements are fairly, I'm gonna say new. And as I say that, I'm not sure they're that new. I think they're more widely adopted now as opposed to in the past. So basically what a health reimbursement arrangement is, and as we're talking, I'm looking up the, uh, the, the maximum or the contribution limits, but basically it works like this. If you were to give your employees a reimbursement for out-of-pocket health insurance cost, that is taxable to them. So contrast that with where we started, where we said we're trying to give people compensation that is still deductible by the company, but not taxable to the recipient or the employee. Mm -hmm. So if I were to just say, Tyler, you know, we don't have a health insurance plan here, but you work for us. Look, I'll throw you 500 bucks to go get your own plan. That's not, that's, that is taxable. I was going to say that's not, not taxable, but that's taxable to you. That's, I can't reimburse you outside of some sort of plan. So that's where a health reimbursement arrangement enters. Health reimbursement arrangement enters in, in it's a plan where it's just that you reimburse people for legitimate healthcare costs, one of which would be their out-of-pocket premiums that they pay outside of your organization. 
And there's okay. maximums for single and family. And the gist of the health reimbursement arrangement is this. You can't discriminate. You can't say, I'm going to give you $5,000 and this person 3500 So as long as you meet certain criteria, the basics, and that's all we're talking about today is the basics, being you can't discriminate and you have to give certain amounts. You have to give certain maximums at either single or family levels. Well, it's a great little tool because then... You okay, and when you mean discriminate, you mean like literally you could have... If you have 10 employees, you have to offer all Correct. 10 the same amount? The same amount for single and family You plans. can't just be like, hey, you've been with us five years, you right. get more. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, th- and as I say that, um, there may be some caveats to that for like a management or, or like a C-level. Okay. So I kind of reserved that. There may be, I, I hadn't gotten to the details of that, but I think there sure. may be a little caveat or carve out for C-level. But most of the time, it's going to be the, you can't discriminate if if people fall into the same category. So you being married with a family and this employee being married with a family, you have to give both the same access yeah. to a maximum. Okay. Sure. Um and it's really cool. It's um it's most of the time you the way you'll have it is a third party will manage it for you. So they'll manage collecting the receipts or the documentation of what your employees are paying for out of pocket to get reimbursed. And then you've got your you've got your compliance covered and you've got the reimbursements covered. So it's a really cool tool Kind of, we were talking a minute ago about, <clears throat> excuse me, our health insurance plan here and how you have to have a certain amount to meet the group. Well, now you don't have a group. Right. No issues where if so, if you have us like us, we have five employees. If somebody drops out, I mean, can you imagine it affects yeah. the group materially? If I just had a health reimbursement arrangement, I could then just say it doesn't matter. Yeah. I don't have a group. That seems like the best way to go, I guess, until the group benefits outweigh right. what you could get in the market. That's right. Know? Yeah. I mean, it, it's a little different, right? So you're now, you're kind of putting, you're empowering your employees right. to go out and get their own health coverage and handle their own health care and just say, hey, there is a maximum amount of dollars available to you yeah. to reimburse you. Um, so it's, it, it just depends. Now, could you, could you work it almost like as a, like a fixed thing? Like you just say, hey, I'm going to pay you 500 bucks a month in this HRA or does it literally have to turn in receipts every year? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's kind of like we were, I have on my notes here, accountable versus non-accountable. Okay. I think it falls under what would be considered like an accountable plan because it's a reimbursement. Anytime you start to give people dollars that are, you know, it's a flat amount, that's more or less an allowance. And so allowances are different where allowances can be taxable if you don't have the receipts to back it up. Gotcha. This is the last question, but that manager that you mentioned, would that be the function of them where it's like just management in the background of like, okay, we automate, you know, like I'm thinking I buy it. It's, you know, let's say it's $749.33 every month that I'm paying for insurance. That automatically gets sent to my employer. Right. This third-party manager automatically reimburses me. Yeah, I think what they... I don't know all the nuts and bolts about how the reimbursements get handled. Okay. But so I know like we use Gusto for our payroll here right. and lots of clients. That's kind of what I was thinking. Is yeah. it like a Gusto? Gusto for... offers it, but I don't think Gusto, because I, I know I'm going with my gut here. I know Gusto, if you have 401k, Gusto won't pay your 401k custodian. So my guess is Gusto probably spits out a report that says, hey, per your plan rules, these people have submitted these receipts and we find them valid. Here's the amount you need to disperse. Yeah. Yeah. Or something like that. I, I, that's a good question. I yeah. Because if that was really tight, like, yeah. you know, unautomated, then it would almost feel like a real, like, okay, this is like you guys covering our I know. And as insurance. you're saying it, I was like, uh, I haven't done enough of these because you're just, like I said, they're not widely adopted. Yeah. They're getting more. But that's a really well, good question. this qu- podcast is certainly going to change oh, that. Oh, of course. Yeah. I think, I think Gusto needs yeah. to... 
there'll probably be a, a really big influx on the HRA at gusto.com. Yeah. 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 Um, so anyway, I think that's a really cool, that's just a high-level overview of health reimbursement arrangements, a neat tool to get around the group, yeah. group criteria, to give people some health care benefits, and put people in control of their health care. Sure. Kind of on that same vein, let's talk about health savings accounts. Do you know, are you, you, you guys haven't, no, you had an HSA, I think, years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you know about HSAs? I'll, I'll kind of flip the conversation here. What do you know about yeah. health savings accounts? Um, well, they were just a savings account that we used to, like, go to the doctor right. and you know we would we had a debit card yep. so anytime we would go to like Walgreens buy a prescription yeah. buy Tylenol you know if it wasn't chocolate covered almonds yeah exactly yeah <laughs> no yeah, yeah. Not, um, uh, no we never did that rocky uh, road ice cream. yeah pretty much you know any medical expenses right. that we would yeah we would use that debit card and yeah. um that was pretty much it. It wasn't very sophisticated. Yeah. So let's give. Okay. So that's the not very sophisticated answer. <laughs> Sands the chocolate covered almonds yeah, yeah. on the rocky road. Right. But let's talk. Let's kind of get into the tax guts of it. So mm-hmm. I'll give a little background and tell you why why we recommend health savings accounts, and then we'll kind of get into the the, the guts of them. So most people don't deduct their medical expenses, and the reason for that is because there's a really high threshold before medical expenses become deductible. Mm-hmm. Just to give you some numbers, if you and your wife make $100,000, you would have to, ha- and medical is only deductible to the extent it exceeds 7.5% of that. Right. So and we've covered that. we cover that. So, yeah. so and I'm going to make the point about health savings accounts. So you would have to have $7,501 of medical, out-of-pocket medical to be able to deduct, to potentially deduct $1. Because again, your threshold would be 7500 Once you get the 7501 you now have a dollar. Yeah. And then that dollar goes into the pool of itemized deductions that then have to exceed this standard deduction. Right. So long story short, lots of hurdles to deduct medical. You've got to be, uh, your income's got to be low and you've got to be sick or both. Right. That's kind of how the way I would describe it. And what we talked about that last time too is that it's not an investment account. Correct. So it's not worth stockpiling a lot of money in there. Right. And I think that's ultimately why we abandoned it. It was like we found better insurance. Yeah. Um, because you can't pay your insurance premiums with Correct. that money either. So right. it was just like we just had random money sitting in there that we were like, right. okay. Fortunately, our health expenses weren't much more than yeah. what our insurance was. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're basically paying insurance, yeah. and outside of that, it was like over-the-counter yeah. medication. Yeah. You know? So let's. So we'll talk about the reason why you would do it. You're kind of giving the reasons why it may not be good. You know, and so yeah. what I would say was is that not, not the direction we were supposed to no, go. No, it's on not this? the direction. <laughs> so, totally derailed. <laughs> Oh, that's that's okay. No, it's good. I mean, it's good kind of real conversation around this. But what I would say is, okay, but if you're already working for somebody and their plan is a high deductible insurance plan and you know you're going to have co-pays, doctor visits, um, prescriptions, name your thing, I would think all those things would, absent a health savings account, if you make a decent amount of money, are not going to be deductible. And let's just assume if you and your wife have two, three kids – you got at least fifteen hundred, two grand, twenty five hundred bucks of that a year sure. that you're paying. It's not going to be deductible. That's where the HSA comes in. HSA comes in and says, if I, as the employer or employee, but this conversation is around non taxable compensation methods, if I contribute to your health savings account as an employer, it's not taxable to you, and then you get to use it to the extent you pull it out, like you were using. You, I think, probably had HSA Bank was one a popular one, but. To the extent you use it, swipe that debit card and use those funds, that money comes out non-taxable. 
So it goes into you, you get it tax free, and the money comes out and you pay your expenses, and now they're now they're not those expenses yeah. come out and you you know you you don't deduct them but you don't pay tax on the money coming out. Yeah. So the point is, and if you made a contribution to the account, it would be deductible. Mm-hmm. So it, it either makes it either allows your employer to give you tax free money or allows you to, to deduct things you otherwise wouldn't have. Like when you mm-hmm. make the contribution, it's deductible. But you are never going to deduct those medical expenses. Right. And that's kind of the point. So a lot of people are starting to get to where it's like, um, I know Quentin told me he worked at an employer, and this was a cool deal. He said if you had a hospital stay, they would, th- they would put $1,000 in your HSA. And so not taxable. But so it allows you to kind of be in the driver's seat as an employer about not having right. fixed cost that you can incentivize through an HSA, yeah. knowing that they're probably going to have out-of-pocket medical and use that money eventually. Sure. Yeah, yeah and I could see that just being another... If you're building a, a, a package for somebody and just right. saying, hey, look, you can get an extra 2500 a year in your HSA. Right. You know, or, right. or we have a policy around you have a hospital stay or, yeah. you, you know, a family member does. New child. Yeah. Maybe you do a new child bonus. Yeah. I think you can write these plans pretty liberally. Yeah. Um, so this is the creative part. This is this is the creative part. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, we got to it finally. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I, I'm a big proponent of health savings accounts just because if you're going to have out-of-pocket medical, you're probably not going to be able to deduct it. Either your employer contributes it and it's non-taxable, great, or you contribute it. If it's, a, you know, think about the same dollars that you were going to spend out of pocket or put in the HSA, might as well get a deduction for it. Sure. Um, or if you're the business owner, incentivize your employees, give them another creative method, like you said. The, yeah. The, have a new child. There's a new right. child bonus. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Makes sense? It does. <laughs> Even though you don't particularly. Yeah. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna start now. Well, you don't have, um, a, health, you don't have a high deductible health plan. But it's one thing we yeah, did say. That, okay. That's the crux of this. You have to be in what's called a high deductible health insurance plan, and I'm not. I forget the numbers on high deductible, right? But it, it's that plus there's some. But you know it when you have it. Oh yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> no, but it's not as it's not as high as you think. I don't even think it's around the two or three thousand dollar deductible. But there's also some parts of your plan that either qualify you for an HSA or not. Yeah. I always tell my clients just call your health insurance company, call Blue Cross or Aetna or whoever you have. Yeah. Just say, hey, is my plan HSA compliant? They know right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you're going to get health insurance and an HSA? We'll see. (laughs) TBD? Yeah. All right. Last one. I would kind of combine these things is, and this is kind of obviously popular now with, you know, kind of the work from home crazy, which is you can reimburse your employees for their out-of-pocket expenses to work from home. And it kind of follows the home office rule. So if you ever had a business like a, like you're a, uh, like a little side hustle or a, uh, what I call a sole proprietorship kind of where you don't file a separate tax return for your business. It's just a schedule on your personal. You've probably deducted a home office. And so basically what that is is your expenses, mortgage interest, property taxes being the biggest ones, prorated to the square footage of the office as a percentage of your home. So Mm -hmm. a 200-square-foot office over a 2,000-square-foot home, 10% of all your expenses would be deductible for a home office. You'd follow that same logic for getting reimbursed from your employer tax-free. So if the employer says, "Hey, everybody's working from home," you could kind of you could have that situation where you get reimbursed. It's kind of a nice thing. Again, not taxable to you. You are already going to incur property taxes and mortgage interest. Where are you getting reimbursed from the employer? So you oh, would tell. Okay. Yeah, I, you, thought you, I thought we were their employer, and you were saying. Yeah, that, I'm kind of on. I'm kind of putting myself in the employee's shoes now. Okay, gotcha. to give you the math of how you would get to that deduction. I see. And then saying, but that, that's how you would. That's how you would calculate 
what the amount you can get tax free is. Okay. And so then you could when th- your employees file their return, they can get that. Mm-mm. You would give it to them. It'd be like something you would do as the employer, kind of like this health reimbursement arrangement. You just say every month, and probably here's what I would say practically speaking. What you're probably going to do is you're probably going to give them a flat amount, and 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 strongly suggest that they have the they have the math to back up the amount you're giving them. Okay. Right? Because right. that's what we're talking about here. We're trying to say, if you give me an allowance, that's not taxable to the extent I, the employee, have the expenses to back up what you gave me. Gotcha. And so that's what most people are doing. I think practically speaking, most people aren't saying, hey, I need you to turn in the diagram of the square footage of your house and your utility bills this month. Mm-hmm. But I'm trusting you that if we need to look into this, that you can produce the information that would back up the amount I gave you such that it would be non-taxable. Sure. Okay. And most people get enough to where their percentage of the mortgage interest utilities and all that would be more than the allowance you're getting. Okay. I think that's why people give a flat amount. It's also gotcha. pragmatic. Okay. But in the tax world, just to be just to be like certain or specific, accountable versus non-accountable plans are, are a thing. When I hand you an allowance, that's a non-accountable plan. It's should be taxable to the extent you don't have expenses to back it up. Accountable plan being you hand me a list of expenses and then I pay you. Okay. So it's kind of in the middle ground right there. But again, that materiality kind of concept, most people are just practical about it saying, if I need you to produce these expenses, I think we've got, I got an agreement that you, you got them. Gotcha. Yeah. And this would be the employer creating a benefit. Hey, right. look, if you work from home, we, we cover some expenses. Yeah, yeah we cover Yeah, that's right. And the, and as a bonus, they are not taxable that's right. to you. That's right. Um, it's a cool feature. I mean, follow these rules. Yeah, I mean, and, and so if like let's just say the employer gets to, maybe they've cut down their office space and it's like they've got some dollars they're repurposing. Yeah, you know, it's or like sure. so companies are starting that way. Absolutely. I mean, companies look, aren't. You know. Yeah. Let's just. Let, yeah, and I'm kind of giving the example most people are used to now, which was they had an office now they don't. Right. And so hey, I'm gonna throw a few dollars your way. Um, it w- win-win for everybody. It's not taxable to you. I get to repurpose my rent money, pay you something. You feel like. I'm not just sending you home with no right. reimbursement. So I think that's a really cool deal. And obviously with included in that would be like your home internet. We do that here. I give a, a stipend uh, every month for home internet. And then cell phone. If you've got to use your cell phone heavily for work, get that reimbursed. Yeah. You know? And most of these, you know, I think the questions would be from a tax perspective. Well, how much can I give? I mean, I tell our clients, man, if they're using the internet, it's hard to make the case that, that shouldn't be 100% deductible. I mean, they got to have it to do their job. I think you can, and in the in the IRS and tax world, there's this concept of de minimis. Like if I have to have internet to work 40 hours a day, but my kids jump on the internet, I think that would be kind of falling under that de minimis concept where we don't have to yeah. then carve out and say, no, not all of that's yeah. allowed. I'm a little light on my Latin, Yeah, but <laughs> I think I follow. <laughs> yeah, it just means it's negligible. Okay. It's, it's ancillary to the whole. Gotcha. Kind of Okay. What other good work? Can I, I sorry to say, man, you're dropping some bombs. That was like all four syllables. I have plus. those written on my hand here. <laughs> yep. Um, so that's it, man. It's just 401k, health insurance, health savings accounts, health reimbursement, and then kind of these home office, cell phone, internet yeah. concept. Yeah. Well, I think we started off saying, I mean, these are ways that you can you can creatively be competitive yeah. as you're, you know, recruiting employees and talent and and literally, you know, I think we're at a place now in the job market, from what I understand, that like you got to be competitive. Absolutely. I mean, if you're if you're good at your job, you got options. You know? Yeah, and and look, you want the best people, man. Right. If the best people are always always worth it. 
um, to to provide for them such that they make you know, make your business run better. I think that kind of goes without saying, but sure. but I always I always tend to lean toward I'd rather up things and give people benefits and trust great professionals to do what they do sure. than to nickel and dime. Yeah. Good deal. Well, on that note, if you need other great resources, um, all the podcasts are available at mirror.group and you can certainly reach out to the mirror group there. Um, and like you mentioned last time, you can reach out to you personally, um, anytime love to get on the, love to get on the phone or conference call with people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the easiest way would be Marcus at mirror.group, M I R E dot group, or you can go right to my calendar. If you'd like a book, I do 30 minute free consultations. Uh, that's Calendly. So calendly.com slash Marcus Mir CPA. Literally go to my calendar, book some time, and I'll see you there. Good deal. All right. Thanks, guys. All right.